You're listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we attract and create healthy relationships by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun together. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm super excited to introduce you to my guest today, E.A. Sulkovitz. E.A. went from janitor at age 16 to meeting his mentor, Sam Robbins, a millionaire businessman at age 19, to a millionaire himself by age 23. E.A. attributes much of his success, both in business and life, to his vision, but also his mentor. E.A. went on to combine the knowledge he learned and the wisdom he gained to start Givers University, a worldwide teaching forum to help you develop implement, and maintain a giver's culture for not only your social and family relationships, but also to be applied to your business. EA has authored several courses and books, The Giver's Mindset, The Giver's Lifestyle, The Giver's Lifelong Learning, and the Give to Be Great series. EA and I equally enjoyed our time together and the hour flew by. I'm honored to introduce you to Mr. EA Sulkovitz. Let's roll tape. Welcome, E.A. Solkovitz. I'm so happy to have you on the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I love the name of your podcast. When I first saw it, I thought, I'm going to love this lady. She's just, she just nails it. So thank you. Thank you for having me on your great show. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so we were, <laughs> I know this is going to be a great time because we were just chatting prior to this and I'm really looking forward to all you have to share with me and my listeners today. I'm going to take good notes, and I just can't wait to hear what you have to say. But what I often like to start with, with my um, interviewees, is your backstory that led you to becoming a teacher in the world, because I think we learned so much from our stories, and that wisdom turns into a desire to teach. So could you give us a little bit of background about you, EA? I'd be happy to. And it's interesting because it's a connection of stories. Um, so I'd like to share with your listeners. I, I love to be able to share and I never say anything 10 minutes if I can say it in 20. So I'm going to be able to share some stories that hopefully are relatable and also have some interesting nuggets of information in them for your listeners. So when they leave and we're finished with the podcast, I say, wow, that was really valuable and thought provoking information. So uh, to, to your question, um, you know, I was raised a son of a milkman, lived in Chicago, born and raised there. My father had a distributorship for a company called Twin Oaks Dairy. And back then, uh, I'm 65 years old now. So back then, when I was a little whipper, uh, you know, they had uh, milkman routes and there was a box outside the house. And uh, that was a milkman box, right? And, and, and you know what's funny? Everyone knew there was money in it and no one touched it. Ever, yeah. ever. Not, I mean, uh, and, and milk came in glass gallons, you know, it was all in glass. And, and so my father had one of those routes. And so at the ripe old age of five years old, I would help him out on the going on the milkman route. So it was very humble beginning. My father would, you know, just had this sort of one man distributorship, if you will, uh, for Twin Oaks Dairy. And then I made my first big step into success. And that was I worked all the way up and became a janitor. Uh, wow. Yeah. See, now I didn't mind that because business was always picking up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a drum roll from your listeners, please. Anyway, so the uh, so what happened is, as a janitor, I had two real interesting events that 
are right to your very question on how, you know, what were the seeds that were planted at such an early age that caused the birth of Givers University years later? And one was uh, at the ripe old age of 16, and I, I'm in Chicago at this point, uh, and I lived in an area called Oak Brook, which at that time was where the world headquarters of McDonald's was. And it was there for decades. Now, it's not there now, but for decades it was there. So I grew up with the whole McDonald's phenomenon. I mean, it was there during my lifetime. I watched it happen and, and, and lived it, if you will. And um, at 16 years old with this janitorial service, I was able to be bonded, which basically is insured. So I could go in really expensive places and the insurance would sort of cover if you know, the buffer went crazy and hit something, right? right? So one of the houses I was able to clean was a lady by the name of June Martino. And I was in her house every single Wednesday cleaning her house. Now, digress. If you saw the movie that was out a few years back, it's still out now if you stream it, but uh, it's called The Founder and it's got Michael Keaton in it and he plays Ray Kroc. It's about McDonald's, McDonald's history. And uh, so the name of the movie is called The Founder. And, uh, it, it, and it's still out even today, you know, like I said, if you stream it, but Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc and it, it's very Hollywoodized, that's for sure, as, as a, a typical Hollywood movie would be. But there's many events in there that are actual events that happened, even though they may not be portrayed accurately. And Ray, Michael Keaton, is constantly talking to a lady outside his office. And he says, June and June, June knows you. That's the lady. That's the lady whose house I cleaned. Uh, and, here. No, I have to, I have to stay right here for the podcast. No. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, stay. yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so here I am. And so her name was June Martino, who had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's when I met her. So, but in the, and of course the movie came out decades later, right? So I'm 16 years old at this time. So here's what happened. That was so unique that impacted my life at such an early age. First of all, the thing I noticed while being in her house, this beautiful million dollar home, you know, she had maids and butlers and everything. June was very regular kind of person, very approachable, very nice, always said hi to me. I was in there every Wednesday. She knew who I was. I knew who she was. She always said hi, uh, you know, and, and was always very approachable and very kind, never condescending to any of the help or anything. I mean, just you could tell she was genuinely a really nice lady, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that astonished me. And I thought, man, I thought people that are really rich are supposed to be idiots. I thought they're supposed to be condescending jerks, you know, and just that she wasn't she, just the opposite. And that amazed me about this woman. Right. And, uh, and, and I pulled a Rolls Royce out of the garage three times to sweep the garage three times in one day. Cause I'd never sat in a car that was worth, you know, 10 years worth of my income, maybe 10 lifetimes of my income. You know, I'm in a Rolls Royce and, and I'm thinking people really live like this. And this June lady is, she's a regular person, even though I knew locally, she was an icon. But one day I got my nerve up, snot no 16 year old, mustered up all of my courage, went up to June and said, June, can I ask you a question? And she knew who I was and always said hi and stuff. And she said, sure. And I said, uh, could you tell me about it? And she said, what? And I said, uh, the whole McDonald's thing. I'm not kidding, Chris. And she took me, she put her arm around me, took me in the kitchen and the entire day, told me the entire story from the moment in the very beginning, because she worked for Ray before McDonald's. He used to sell uh, milkshake mixers and she worked for him then, right? So, so the transition she made with him. 
And it, it was, and she was even having the maids and butlers bringing in food so she could keep telling me the story while we're sitting in the kitchen. I mean, and I'm thinking, my God, this is June Martino, the icon of the area. And she's, she's talking, this is me, you know, I like felt like I wanted to pinch myself. And, 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 and so she told me about a part that's in the movie uh, and June in the movie goes to Ray and says, we don't have any money. And that perpetuates a phone call from Ray to the brothers, the McDonald brothers say, I need more percentage, more percentage. And they argue about it and, you know, Hollywood drama. Uh, and so she told me that and this is decades earlier. She's telling me that story the way it really happened. And she said, we had no money. She said, he couldn't pay me at all. So we made an agreement that he would pay me in company stock, which was virtually worthless. The company was underwater, so it was less than worth something. She said, he couldn't give me any money. And he agreed to take all my bill collector phone calls for me so they wouldn't dun me and, and aggravate me and stuff. And I said, June, I'm a janitor, as you well know. I work paycheck to paycheck every Friday. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not showing on Saturday. Why'd you do it? You weren't getting paid. And you know what's amazing, Kristen? And I could tell no one had ever asked her that question before. And she sat back and stared right at me with that blank stare, eyeball to eyeball, but I could tell she left. She's gone, right? But she's thinking of the answer because no one had ever asked her, why did you do it, right? They always talked about what happened. They never said why. And when she spoke, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Not only what she said, but the way she said it. So when I asked her, Kristen, why did you do it? Why did you work for nothing and no pay and get worthless company stock? Her answer to me was, because I believed in Ray. Wow. And, and, it, and my first thought, Kristen, my very first instant thought was, I gotta find me a Ray Kroc. I have, that's it. I need to find a Ray <laughs> Kroc, someone, someone that can put me under their wing. I know I wanna be rich and successful and happy not realizing I had it backwards then. We're supposed to be happy first and then rich, right? But right. 18 years old, I'm all, you know, I want to be rich, right? And then and, and I thought, I've got to find a Ray Kroc. That's the answer. I need someone that knows how. And if they'll just put me under their wing and teach me, I have the desire, I'll do it. So that actually led to the second event when I was a janitor that was so profound because it wasn't two or three months later, we got a phone call at the office at the janitorial service. And uh, it was after hours. I had already punched out. Back then they had a punch clock. So when you punched out, you felt like punching out. And, uh, right. so, and, and so I'd already punched out. It's after hours. It's at night. Only the boss and I are there. So Jerry and I are sitting there. He's, he owns the janitorial service. This phone call comes in. He hangs up the phone. He says, some guy just called. From, he's in from Detroit. He's, only, he's leaving in the morning. He needs to see some carpeting. He's opening up a diamond store in Berkeley, Illinois, another suburb uh, of Chicago. And uh, I said, okay, so what's that got to do with me? He said, well, I need you to go and show him some carpeting. I said, Jerry, I, I punched out already. I'm, I've been cleaning all day. I'm tired. I said, I, I'm gone. I'm not doing this. I, and also, I don't know anything about carpeting. He said, well, I take one of his wheels, walk this way, this way, call me on the phone. I'll, I'll quote. I said, Jerry, I'm not doing it. And I said, no, again. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, I have to stay here. He said, but if you'll go, I'll give you the pick of any Saturday off. Now, for a janitor, that's a huge negotiation chip because we work when businesses are closed. So on Saturday, we're clean every Saturday. You can count on that all day long, right? Into the evening. So having a Saturday off is a huge, so I repeated it back to make sure I didn't misunderstand. I said, any Saturday I went off? He said, any Saturday. 
Okay, I'll go. So here, set the stage. I'm begrudgingly, emotionally begrudging. Mentally, I'm only doing this because I'm going to get my pick of Saturday off. I can care less about the guy I'm going to talk to. I don't care about the janitorial service. It's all about the Saturday. I just nego you know, got this negotiation chip. And, and I'm dragging my feet even going because it's at night. I'm already tired. Little did I know, I'm about ready to meet the man that will change the trajectory of my life forever. My Ray Kroc. I was going to meet Sam Robbins, my business mentor. So I share with your listeners, be aware and discern and observe those moments in life that are on the edge of a dime that seems so insignificant at that moment that will bring about this huge, massive directional change in your life. They really do happen. And that became, that was my business mentor that I met, Sam Robbins. And so, that gave me chills. For several reasons. I like the part about June saying, I believe, mm -hmm. because sometimes there's that, that faith we have to have regardless when we're getting the payback for whatever it is that we are investing in, whether it's monetarily or emotionally, you know, and that you said that the, I love the edge of the dime. That's a great way to say it. Sometimes the edge of the dime things that seem so insignificant are the biggest things that change for us. So how did this lead you to becoming, I know in your bio, you said something about being a millionaire by 23. Yeah. So what, what progressed with you in that? Yep. It was uh, uh, actually 21 and, oh. uh, and uh, yeah, and it, and it was only because of my relationship with my business mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I appreciate the fact that that uh, the story with June gave you chills. If you need to turn down the air conditioner, I can wait. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I did already. Saw, uh, oh, okay. Just fine. I said, no, you're in Arizona. You got to pump that thing up. All right. So the, <laughs> it gets warm. All right. So, so, so that when I met this gentleman, it's actually an extension of the story. Another story out of story. So here I am janitor showing up to meet this man. And when I met him, there was an immediate comfort level, but have you ever met someone when, when you met them, you felt like you knew him before? 100%. It was just, it was so comfortable. We talked about everything. And here's this guy from Detroit opening a diamond store. So I showed him the carpeting. None of it worked because we only had commercial grade and he wanted something plus for a diamond store, right? And so we had a great conversation. It was a couple hours and this is in the middle of the night, right? Mm -hmm. So as I'm leaving, he offers me a job. And I said, man, I laughed. I said, I don't know anything about diamonds. I know two things. Number one, they're expensive. Number two, someday a woman's probably going to ask me for one. I said, that's all I know. I said <laughs> about diamonds. And he said, well, I can teach you. And I said, no, I'm all set. I'm a janitor. My future is all set in front of me. I'm good. And I, and as I left, he hooked me as I know years later, as it could, because he became my mentor, he really was a genius in the truest, in the truest sense of the word. And, and so smart and sharp with being able to discern people in a moment. And he hooked me and he knew what he was about ready to say was going to get me and grind me. And it did. So as I was walking out the door after saying no, he said, and the way he said it too, he said, what do you have to lose? You could always go back being a janitor. And I said, oh, no, I, I'm all set. And I left. Wow. And when I got in the car, it started grinding me. He's right. I could always go back being a janitor. People are always going to make messes and I could always clean it up. I literally got halfway home. It's almost midnight. And I said, that's it. 
he's I'm going to find out, you know, I'm going to turn around and see if he's still there. Cause I figured he was already gone. He's going to the airport. Right? I go, he's still there. So I said, okay, what do you have in mind? He's well, I'll teach you. And we had our conversation, et cetera. Then for the next four months, I drove, I got in the car at, let's see, Saturday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning at four in the morning, drove 309 miles. I still remember it's 301 miles, sorry, 301 miles from Chicago to Detroit in one night invested six hours with him Saturday morning and then got back in the car and drove all the way back home. Did that in one day, every single weekend for four months in a row. And I never missed a weekend. Awesome. Because I, I knew he had it. I knew he had what I wanted and I recognized I was a burnt out son of a milkman whose funnest time of the day was getting free songs on a jukebox when I was cleaning bowling alleys at two in the morning. (laughs) You know, so that was my big gift, though. That is a gift, though. Back then, free songs on a jukebox. It big, oh, big time. It, well, actually, it took a hanger. If you had, we had hangers, and if you opened the hanger all the way up, and you knew where the little switch was, we could put it in the back of the jukebox. Oh, so okay. Morning, okay. We, there were shenanigans got, involved. There were shenanigans. We, involved. No shenanigans. You know, we just put it. We and you could flick the little switch there. Uh, and actually, all the employees did it. You know, when there was no customers around. Um, and so we that was music to buff by. Anyway, so the as we used to jokingly say, so here I am with this man who is this extraordinary person. And uh, ultimately then I became chairman of the board of that company uh, when I was 21 years old. And it was because of his mentoring uh, as as a direct result of that. And the things he taught me, prepared me for the inevitable things that were going to happen and my temporary defeats in life. And, And one of the first things he prepared me for, he said, you are going to have times in your life when things aren't gonna work out just right. He said, don't call them failures. He said, the word failure has an eternal feeling and ring to it. He said, label them temporary defeats. He said, when you call it a temporary defeat, it's okay to get tackled. He said, and when you stand up after being tackled, you're going to realize you got a first down, you're still in the game. He said, so always view things as a temporary defeat. So I view things as a, a temporary defeat and have later on even turned really learned how to embrace those very things because of what they bring with them because his words were every not some every adversity in life carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit and when we really understand that that's what happens and then we really get wisdom and we're blessed with wisdom we begin to because i I have to i can tell you kristen i've met a lot of educated idiots in my life oh sure all these brains all this book knowledge have no idea what to do with it right and and wisdom is knowing what to do and when to do it right and and so he my business mentor taught me and he said when these events happen in your life he said you will learn to embrace them because you will realize that seed is in there all the time And he said, and you will embrace temporary defeat and welcome it. And everyone else will think you are crazy when you do it. He said, but you will be a skill set above the rest of the world when you do. That's beautiful. You know, I, this is so validating because I don't view failure either. I never have. I, I don't even use that word. And then when I was building my business and stuff and people were saying, you're going to fail, you're going to fail. I'm like, why? why am I going to fail? And I I remember speaking extensively about this to my husband. And I said, I don't even use the word failure. I use, oh, that didn't work. 
that's what I've always used, but I love that the temporary defeat aspect of it. Cause yeah, this doesn't mean you're not going to win at some point. It just means there's going to be these little dips in the road sometimes and learning to get graceful with those dips and knowing that there's something magical and beautiful coming from those dips is what promotes us forward. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sure. And, so, and it was, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. So, and, and as a result of this relationship with this gentleman, and, and then I had other business ventures in the earlier years that were separate from him as I was learning from him separately. He was my mentor and uh, had, had a business, had you know, a number of business relationships over the years with other people as well, as I was growing up, if you will, in the business world. And ultimately, by the way, to finish the story with how I met my mentor, it's, it's actually probably the most significant part. When I mentioned to him, Sam, please teach me. Teach me everything. Don't, don't hold back. I want to know it all. Everything, everything. Just teach me. He said, okay, I'll teach you everything, but I need something from you. Now, I want to let you know, Kristen, I was going to say yes. Whatever next came out of his <laughs> mouth, I was a yes. It was, coming, it was forthcoming no matter what, right? But he, he said, when the time is right and you will know that time, he said, I want you to teach as many people as you can everything I taught you. Ooh. And at 19, at 19 years old, I made a vow and an oath and a commitment that today is known as Givers University. Yeah, which makes me have tears. I literally teared up when I you know, said, I have to. you got to hang you too. <laughs> Uh, no, I literally do because when I feel things viscerally, viscerally like that, it's like, oh man, that is so beautiful because yes, share the love, share the wisdom, share the world, do our part to contribute, which is why I do what I do too in this world. And I love the whole thing about Givers University. And when you reached out to me and I saw that, I'm like, I need to look at this guy and see what this is all about because the whole aspect, and I want to jump right into this right now, is the whole aspect of givers and takers, what that means, why being a giver is, is the coup de grace, that, why that is going to shift our life in a profound way. So how about we just start out with EA, Great. what is a giver and what is a taker? Let's just break this down from go and really well, separate this out so we can you know, have a clear definition for everybody. Great. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you said you wanted to meet this guy. And then you probably looked at the last name and you said, well, maybe not. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just, just so look at that last knows, name. He is, it does say Holy. E Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 30 consonants, one vowel. You know. this, what type of last name is yours? What Austrian. Should it's Austrian. Uh, think, think Schwarzenegger. Uh, Austrian. So he has a C in front of his name. And I did in our email exchanges say, how do you pronounce? Because I didn't know if you're first, I didn't know if you had an accent. I didn't know. I didn't know you from Joe. So I'm like, yeah. like, no, it's EA, like initials. And that's Solkovitz. my first and middle and initial. Like, Solkovitz. And I was like, right. beautiful. I got it. Yeah. I got uh, it. So that was a, so it's actually, and just, I settled in on that over the years, just because people look at that last name and it's a whopper and they go, oh boy. And uh, so EA just became it, if you will. And I'm thousand percent enjoy that and happy with it, et cetera. And I wanted to share with your listeners, the importance that number one, we all should have mentors. Mm -hmm. And we should always have counselors, but we should be discerning as to who these people are we listen to. You know, you ask the right question to the wrong person, you're going to get the wrong answer. Right. You ask the wrong question to the right person, you're going to get the wrong answer. We need to ask the right question to the right person. And that's part of discernment. So I'd like to share with you the fact that 
how it gives university we genuinely teach something that's not being taught today mm. and 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 that was proof positive for me that the time was right uh, even though you know the, it was in 91 that we sort of started even the very simple groundwork for givers university but the that the, the time really is right today because today businesses are open and closing faster than ever before in history Mm -hmm. they, they, you know, uh, products are being antiquated overnight. Uh, and, and when we have that moving that fast, it's all moving that fast. There's only one thing we have left and that's relationships. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we teach people how to discern in the relationships. So I share with your listeners. First, I say emphatically, besides that, even with emphasis, I, I say that they, we love everybody. I say that again. We love everybody. And what we teach people to do, which is not being taught anywhere else today, is how to separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. And so when we use the word giver, we're not labeling a person because we don't label people. We're labeling the deeds of a person. Mm, so when we yeah. say taker, we're not labeling a person as a taker, we're labeling the deeds of a person. And we have statistically proven that 20% of the population are givers. That means you put 20% of the people in any situation. Wait, pause. Yes. Only 20%? Wait, they're they're not through yet. Okay. Wait, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I feel like I'm doing a Ginsu knife. Wait, there's more. <laughs> Wait, how much would you pay for this? Have your credit card handy. Anyway, so they, I used to love those old Ginsu commercials. Mm -hmm. They were the best, you know, guy kicking through a watermelon. Anyway, so the uh, uh, so 20% are wired as givers, right? And in other words, they just think that way automatically. So you put them in any situation. And within a short period of time, they will start giving to it, contributing to it, investing in it, helping it. They they'll do it automatically that's the way they're wired. By contrast, the other Grand Canyon extreme, about 20% of the population are takers. These are people who in a short period of time will begin to craft a way to take emotionally, mentally, financially, spiritually, morally, and the list goes on. In yeah. fact, takers bring with them what we call the three Ds of takers, defeatism, disruption, and destruction. By contrast, Givers bring with them the three W's, which are wisdom, wealth, and wellness. So what we do at Givers University, and the 60% in the middle, in the discernment, because we have 20% givers, 20% takers, leave 60%. Mm -hmm. Those are what we call fencers. Those are and because they sit on the fence. They act like givers when they're with givers, and they act like takers when they're with takers. They can be great relationships, but you need to manage them. You have to keep an eye on them because they could be on one side of the fence or the other. Whereas the givers, you don't have to keep an eye. You know where they're just going to automatically be there. So we teach people to discern by recognizing the actual deeds. In other words, we've sifted this, this down. So it's not broad swaths of innocuous references that when someone hears it, they say, wow, that sounds really good. Uh, what do I do with that? You know. So we have sifted it all the way down to, you can no longer say, what do I do? Because that's it, the thing. So by reference, I could reference for your listeners. If right now, Kristen, you had itchy eyes and a runny nose, I could surmise you probably have a cold. I'm not able to see the cold. The cold is the cause, but the symptoms tell me that that's 
might be the issue, right? right? So we teach people to discern the symptoms, look for the actual deeds of a person, the things they actually do. Here's the list. Here's the checklists of which we're going to give a couple of them to your listeners absolutely free because they're so valuable and life-changing when they see them. These are the actual deeds. When you see them doing these deeds, these things doing, when they're doing them, mm-hmm. right now you want to start to discern should I bring this person in closer into my life and make them a part of my giver community? Or should I begin respectfully distancing myself, not nasty or rude or insensitive, Uh respectfully distancing myself because when I bring them closer, they're going to make me collateral damage in their problems. Oh, yes. And I just have to interrupt real quick because- Please do. The brilliance of- how you're breaking this down because most of us are very aware of givers and takers. We, we're yes. aware of that. That's right. Just the 2020 20, 60% gig, so much sense. Logical, makes perfect sense. Love the breakdown of that. Love the, the statistics of that. But also the whole discernment stuff. So many times we're just flowing through life, just you know, letting people come in and out and not really paying attention what kind of people are coming in, not judging, like you said, because this isn't about judgment. This is about, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's about supporting yourself in the best possible way, you know, by surrounding yourself, building a great community. I literally just made a video on building a great community and why that's so important. So that's what I'm hearing you say. Yes, EA? For sure. And it was interesting because yesterday a gentleman said, he said, you know, he said, that sounds sort of similar. Um, uh, he said, you know, we, we should, I, I remember reading a book and they said, we should surround ourselves with, you know, five really good people. I said, okay, how do you find out if they're good? And I got these little orphan Annie eyes staring back at me, you know, and I said, that's the point. See, in other words, it's as broad, it, the information's great and accurate, but then how? No one's teaching us to discern what do we look for in these relationships And there are things, symptoms, like that example I gave, that will teach us, should I bring them in closer? Mm -hmm. Because we're going to help each other's lives as a result, or am I going to become collateral damage? Um, I became a commercial pilot to fly my own planes in years past. And one of the things my flight instructor, when I was getting my my private pilot, one of the very first things he said was, look out the windshield in front of the plane. He said, when we're flying and we're in the air, He said, you want the plane, and for those that see this in video, they'll have the reference to this. But he said, when you're looking at a plane in a distance, he said, you want, if the plane's this big, you don't want it to get this big real fast (laughs) when you're looking at it. Because if it gets big in the windshield, it's coming at you. And probably at a 600 mile closure rate, it's happening fast. Mm -hmm. He said, what you want is a plane to look small. And as time goes on, that plane looks smaller and smaller. So... Kristen, what we do is we teach people, look at the plane. I feel like I should do the tattoo in person. I was just thinking that for, for just, our young You listeners. must have gave it to me. I wanted to go, is the plane? Anyway, so, the, uh, so yeah, but I'm taller. I'm six foot one, so that wouldn't work. Anyway, so the, uh, you know, but I could make a short comment. Wait, did I say that? Anyway, I'm short. So the, the <laughs> so just made the reference. So anyway, the, uh, so we teach people, look at the, plane off in the distance and discern before you bring them in. And then you don't have to deal with cleaning up the problem later on. I can ask your listeners three questions. Let's do it. The three questions are, think about the fires that you put out every day. Mm. Think about when your stress level spikes throughout the day. 
Think about the times you have conversations throughout the day where at the end of the conversation, you barely even remember what the conversation was about other than you have no more energy left. They just drained it all from you. All three of those scenarios, Kristen, have one thing in common. There's a name attached to each one of them. And no one's teaching us, number one, how to recognize it. And number two, if we do recognize it, what do we do about it? Right. I'm a self-improvement guy. You're a self-improvement gal. I could tell where, you know, you're wired that way. I, I love that. I'm for it. Mm-hmm. But no one's saying, hey, how about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? How should that impact my life? And mm-hmm. how do I increase my productivity? Every time one of your listeners stomps out a fire, Kristen, where's their productivity? Mm-hmm. Out the window. hundred percent. Right? Every time. Every time they're having one of those energy drainer conversations with someone, why do they have to build themselves up just because they surround themselves with the wrong people? Because no one taught them the skill that needs to be taught on how do we surround ourselves with givers, the right kind of people. What can we do to be our stress levels lower? This is one of the things my business mentor, Sam, taught me was with our stress situation. He said, when you surround yourself with the right people, it's a whole lot easier to be happy it's a whole lot easier to have lower stress because you're not constantly, as he would use the term, stomping out these fires and having these ridiculous, stressful conversations with people when you just would be better off not even being there. Exactly. So we teach people in our courses at Givers University how to discern. How do you discern in your relationship so that you can have an exceptional life of happiness? So you can have all these things because when we have the right people and they're with us, we're going to make each other stronger. Absolutely. As opposed to just an energy drainer. Now, who of your listeners doesn't have energy drainers around them? I'll guarantee you they do. Right. And that was going to be my next question is, let's say you have somebody that you love, you deeply love, and they can tend to be a drainer or just be negative or whatever it might be. And it's not someone that you're willing to icks from your life because you love them and and there is good good aspects of them but they are somebody that is quite draining to you how does a person separate that out you know make make that functional for them it's a great question uh and and i guarantee you everyone especially with your listeners all have that same question probably on their mind. You know, I've got someone in my life, my family member, because all the things that we teach people in discernment work for family, business, and social. They work across the board, right? These are, this is the heart of true relationships, discerning what relationships we should have, as opposed to, you know, the person keeps saying, why do I have these people keep showing up in my life? Which also, by the way, we become self-fulfilling prophecies. So they shouldn't yes. even be asking that question because their life keeps giving them the answer. <laughs> and, so the, and then they're surprised when they get it, right? So one of the things we would recommend and what I would personally recommend is if, they, if your listeners have someone in their life who is maybe being a little bit takerish, right? Maybe a little bit, a little bit more takering than giving, if you will. And they, and they know it and they want to broach the subject. They know it needs to be done but they don't know how exactly to do it because they don't want to hurt their feelings. They love them, right? They care about them. One of the best things they could absolutely do is share a podcast with them that's called Sweet Empowerment. (laughs) And here's the reason why. Third party references. All they have to do is they would be just as simple as saying, 
you know what? I heard this great podcast and it was very thought provoking on something that people aren't talking about today. It was very interesting. And I, I want to share it with you and, and do me a favor, listen to it, give me your feedback, give me your thoughts on it. I'd be very curious. See, because it's a third party reference and it's an easier way by virtue of a third party to get someone and you never know, their mind may open up. They may start thinking, you know what? I really have been backslipping and this is not a good thing. And uh, I could see where this would help me. And they, and that other one that may be a little takerish might have a lot of other people around them that are takerish and that's part of the situation they're in, see? And they're not discerning. So, so what happens now is by simply sharing your podcast with others, they may be opening up their mind and the person who shared it becomes, not only they're being a giver because they're giving the podcast with them, but also they may be a beneficiary because it might end up being one less fire. They end up stomping out for that very same reason. I, I think that's an amazing way to do it in is to, because sometimes they don't want to hear it from us or they, sure. they take it as an attack or you think you're right, or you're better than me, whatever they might say to us, but the, you know, and, and the takerish, I'm sure you are speaking of probably one of the attributes of a taker is the negative Nellies, the naysayers, the, you know, things are, you know, just seeing the glass half full type people. Am I correct in saying that would be an attribute of a taker? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, and one of the things that we actually want to share with, and we can talk more about it in a few minutes, but we actually want to give them, we have checklists. Uh, You'd asked a little bit more about Givers University, so I want to, I want to finish a, one point that's important, and that is all of Givers University is based on three courses that are the foundation courses, and the series of the three courses is called Give to Be Great. That's the name of the series, and the first course is called The Giver's Mindset, how givers think differently than how takers think. They actually think differently, mm -hmm. and, and within that course, we have what are called the six arrows that takers shoot at givers. We are going to give that to your listeners absolutely free. We want them to have it. We want them to print it off, put it in their pocket and start living by it and observing it, right? And I'm gonna share a few of the arrows with your listeners even right now so they get a feel for that. Um, also, we're gonna give them in, cause it's in that course, but we're gonna give it to them free. We want them to have it. The 25 do's, the 25 things that givers do, these things, you, the deeds, Watch for these 25 things. And here's the 25 things that takers do. And when you see someone that's like 13ing it on one side or the other, you can start discerning, all right, should I be bringing them in closer or should I be respectfully distancing myself from them? Because they're going to bring, if they're a taker, they're bringing with the three Ds of defeatism, disruption, and destruction. So a couple of the arrows to share with, because I, I want, I want to give your listeners something that, you know, that, so they can say, wow, I, I, not only was this thought provoking, but I really got some good nuggets that you know I can apply and use. One of the arrows, one of the six arrows, is that you will see a taker switch from a fact-based, moral high ground conversation to a low ground personal attack conversation. As an example, when they no longer can talk about the facts, they will switch gears and you will hear comments like, you don't know what you're talking about, right? The you is the attack, right? You don't know me. You don't know what's just subject. You don't know the subject matter. The moment they've done that, you just know they got revealed, right? So right there on the spot, a taker will switch and you'll see them switch in their references. 
See, this is something they're doing. It's not a broad swath. We're saying, look for them saying this. These are their words, right? Mm -hmm. And that is, they will switch from the fact-based moral high ground conversation to personal attacks. When you see the personal attacks, you know, take a risk right there on the spot. Right. Right. Second arrow I'd share with your listeners is a taker will make a feeble attempt to transfer guilt from the taker onto the giver by saying statements such as, you made me angry. You made me do this. You made me do it. See, it, it, what they're transferring. And factually, by the way, as you and I both know, Christian, the, the, the statement's actually not even accurate. No one can make someone else angry. They have to allow them to make them angry, right? Which a lot of people, most people do, unfortunately. They say, here, you know, go make me angry. I'll, you, I'm going to let you control my emotions, right? And uh, yes. Before you give the third arrow, you're saying arrow, A-R-R-O-W, correct? Correct. As in arrows in a quiver or arrow, bow and arrow. Okay. Because so they shoot them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So before you give the third arrow, I would like to to clarify this to people. This is this is the second one you're talking about is gaslighting. Uh, yes, that's when they're turning it around yeah. on you and they're trying to make you feel crazy because a lot of people right. it, it's fascinating to me how many people I coach that really don't understand that that's happening to them that's because exactly they just right. get they just get on the wave of that, too, and they start defending themselves and they're not recognizing it for what it is. So I just kind of want to point that out for everybody because we talk about that on here. That's right. That that's, you know, that is that little term gaslighting that we hear out in the world. So please and, and, continue. And the amount of time that's literally spent, not invested in having to deal with those ridiculous yes. things. So that's two of the arrows. And we're actually, um, we have a quiz we, we can, we'll talk about in a few minutes, but uh, that's a free quiz we want people to enjoy because it does a great assessment on how they're doing. Um, in fact, the name of it is, what is your givers and takers awareness IQ? And it's about, you know, it's seven questions, four minutes, but they get an actual assessment. And immediately after that, they will get the six arrows. They'll get all six of them in checklists. We want them to print them off, download them, put them in their pocket, because so many people, Kristen, are walking around bleeding and they don't realize they're being shot by arrows all day yeah, because yeah. no one has said, no one has taught them to recognize yeah. it. The recognition is. You know, when you're getting ready to buy a green car, all of a sudden you realize how many green cars are on the street, mm. right? The reason why the green cars were always there, that now our awareness is focused on the green cars because yes. we're getting ready to buy one. So yes. what we do is we teach people at focus here, look here, see, here's the things, here's the green cars, here's the six arrows. We're also going to share with them a couple of days later Absolutely free. We want them to have all this. We're Givers University. That's what we do, right? So we're we want giving, them. To, we're giving you stuff. <laughs> that's right. And and uh, a phrase I'd like to share with you, which we have fun with, is as follows: Your talk talk and your walk talk, but your talk, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And what that simply means is our deeds talk a lot louder oh, than sure. our words. And so the twenty-five do's that we're going to give a couple of the do's. I'll just share a couple of them. They're going to get, literally, they'll get a two-page checklist. We want them to print it off, put it in their pocket, and start discerning the deeds of other people and the epiphanies and revelations that take place. And a revelation really is seeing something that's always been present in a whole new light. I mean, so they're going to see these things and go, oh, this is great. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, even people with the two arrows, I always see people go, 
uh, this, that's a great way to, you know, help discern and understand what's going on. And they start to realize the amount of time that they're, they're literally wasting every day. And, and understanding is freedom. When we can, when we start to piece this out and we start to see the, how this, how this insanity ball has rolling, if that is even rolling is even a word, it, it just, there's like this mind thing that we open up and we're like, oh my God, this makes so much sense now. Yeah. And uh, wait, how's their mind go again? Can I see that <sighs> Wow, that's awesome. Okay, I love. It. I told you I love sequels. I did mention it's a great thing. So here's two of the do's. First one is that takers are not willing to do the thing to get the thing. One of the little so things we teach at Givers University is be willing to do the thing to get the thing. If you're not, you're going to get something else by default, even right. So takers are not willing to do the thing that's necessary. You will see them look for ways to not do. What needs to be done to accomplish any task or anything in life? You'll see them shortcutting. You'll see them looking for ways to walk around. You'll see them glomming onto other people's efforts and use feeble attempts to take personal credit for something that wasn't even theirs. Mm. Takers are not willing to do the thing to get the thing. So our saying is be willing to do the thing to get the thing. Do not the thing, get something else, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get something always, even by default. We're going to get something right mm -hmm. the second thing that uh it, the second do and it's not in actual order uh, but a, a second do is being willing to delay gratification to increase returns takers are very very self-oriented and me now only oriented everything's me me now pay me now pay me up front i need it all up front and you have to tell me all the things you're going to give me up front before I'll even talk with you. Everything is that way with them. They're yeah. very me oriented in that way. Never willing to invest, never willing to build, never willing to create their own value because of what they're contributing. So mm -hmm. givers are willing to delay gratification to increase their returns. June Martino, perfect example, right? She we love June. We love June. We love June. We love June. And, and you know what? She... No money, worthless stock, became worth more zeros than I could count at that point uh, after her name because she believed in Ray. But she was willing to, one, do the thing to get the thing. See, she's there. She was willing to delay gratification to increase her returns as a direct result. So we're going to give a, the list, literally, it's a two-page checklist. It's a checklist that your listeners will get that will they, we want them, print it off, put it in your pocket, walk around with it, use it and watch your life. Watch you get happier and your productivity go through the roof because now you have a checklist of discernment on your relationships and those you want to bring in closer and those you should be respectfully distancing. Do you know, I, I just have to say to everybody that's listening, this is so incredibly valuable. This is so, this is going to save time, energy. It's going to save so much in anything, even people that are dating. When you start paying attention, it's really about eyes wide open. It's just, what am I seeing? It's removing your, any sort of desperation and neediness to have somebody and really putting the power back on yourself and saying, I need to take care of me in the best possible way I can. And I'm going to pay attention to what type of people are coming into my experience 
so that I can choose what's best for me. Not only that, to me, I talk a lot about energy. That's a huge energy shift within somebody is just even knowing what you're willing to, to put up with or not put up with anymore. And we do start kind of naturally attracting better to us when we know that we do not have to subject ourselves to that type of dense and or toxic energy. Exactly right. I do have a question though, because, you know, I'm a giver. And you probably already know that. I do. Um, I'm a giver and have been my whole life. And, you know, just what, how can I help you? How can I love you? Can, I mean, I just want to put the world on my lap and hug everybody and pet them and tell them they're loved and wonderful. You know, I want to give, 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 but I I've had to learn. And I want to hear your thoughts on this, that I don't know, this is going to sound weird, but not everybody deserves my giving, or I need to ha have discernment of where I expend that energy. Gotcha. It, it doesn't mean that I don't like, or it's just, I know if I'm giving outward to somebody that is just a taker and wording it that way now sounds so much clearer, but can you speak to everybody who's just that natural, I call us mama nurturers, even if we're papa nurturers, we're just earth angels. We're here to give and to love. And we tend to just overgive, overgive to whoever, whenever, and we're burnout. So is there, um, do you guys teach about the boundaries for a giver and how to decide where to put their energy? Once they, once someone begins to learn this information and it's a skill, it's a skill not yeah. being taught, right? And right. you can see why in the future, we're going to be teaching this in the companies and all their employees to what, what a great environment to have in a company where everyone in the company has been taught on these things, right? And and there's a great way to reference each other. So what do you do in that kind of instance, right? When you uh, when when you know that you're a giver and that you want to give, but you're concerned, oh, that person might, you know, they're gonna take advantage of me or you know, whatever. So here's one of the things my business mentor taught me. When you're a giver, people will take advantage of you, expect it, but you are never diminished because you gave. Mm -hmm. That's the point. See, no one gets the second part. They all say, I mean, afraid. so when you're a giver, you are going to have people take advantage of you. Expect it. Expect it. Don't be surprised when it happens. But you're never diminished because you gave. No. They're diminished because they lost you. They lost the relationship. And here's the amazing part. Because you gave to them, you will get back from someone else you will get back from another business interest. You'll get back from another event in your life because the law of compensation scales, which we teach, always strive to balance themselves out 100%, not half, not 10%, 100% of the time. So there's, it's okay because when they do take advantage of you, just know you're not diminished. It's their loss, not yours. Yes, love that. And that's and the way to view it. I want to touch on the law of divine compensation because you've talked about this and you brought this up and I love that law. Can you explain to people what that means? Uh, for sure. And, uh, and, and the reader's digest version. And of course, as your listeners have already figured out, I never say anything in 10 minutes if I can say it in 20 <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and the law of compensation simply put is an imaginary scales and on one is services and the other is rewards. On one side is the things you give and then what you get. And the best thing you could be doing every day of your life is the investment part. Work on making that the heaviest part every day because what will happen is the scales, it, it have, there's no 
there's no escaping this. It happens all the time. And that's why people don't realize that they have things happen with them that aren't good in their life because it's still the scales balancing themselves mm -hmm. because of what they did, even by default. See, people realize, well, you know, I'm not going to take a chance uh, because then, you know, I'm not going to get hurt. Well, I got news for you. Number one, right. you're going to get hurt by not taking a chance. And by default, things are going to happen. You're still, it's still compensation all the time. Every single thought that we think has a compensation attached to it. Every word we speak has a compensation attached to it. Every deed we deed has a compensation attached to it. So if we know that, and if you're listening now as a listener, you heard it, that means begin to discern what you put on the investment side and do your best to load it up every day as my business mentor said, give. And when you're through giving, give. And when you're through giving, give. Now, this is, you are personifying my mother. And I just have to tell this little small story is that she, this woman spent money like crazy. She spent money when she had it and didn't have it. And she was never without. She would buy random, you know, she'd buy random people stuff all the time and just give, give, give and huge, you know, parties at our house and crab legs for 50 people, you know, and she always was like, the, you know, the money's always there. The money's, and it's not like this woman was a millionaire by any means. She's just a typical middle class person, but that woman was never without ever, you know, and she died with plenty of money. Because I feel what you're saying is that that all she was, was giving and all she got back was that it somehow equalized itself and, and self-corrected. And I'll submit with you that she was a multimillionaire. It just wasn't in cash. Oh, and there's a difference yes. in compensation. Oh, I'm going to cry. My mom, money. she was an earth angel. I love her. Money. And in closing, I'd like to share with your listeners, which is very important. Do the quiz. Go to givers, it's plural, giversuniversity.info, I-N-F-O. Givers University, when you go to that page, you're on the first question. It's seven questions, four minutes or less, multiple choice, easy as could, easy as could be. It's called, what is your givers and takers awareness IQ? At the end of that, they'll get an assessment based on their answer. How are they doing? Right? I mean, it's a good thing to know. 100% free. And then within minutes, they're going to get the six arrows emailed to them. Couple of days later, they're going to get the 25 dues. And that starts our relationship with them because we invest in our relationships so heavily that mm -hmm. people actually get compelled to participate with us because they say, man, these people just, they keep giving me such great things over and over again. And as a result, we migrate to it. And I just want to share with your listeners, share Kristen's podcast, share this podcast with others, especially those that are being takerish or those that are givers who want to have more givers in their life. And you're going to help them from a third party begin to provoke some thought and maybe they can benefit as a direct result too. And Kirsten, thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, you know, there's that one more thing is you're welcome. And thank you for being here. I'm so blessed by you. We are all blessed by you. The some, takers sometimes don't even know they're takers guys. So let's have that perception involved instead of judging them and thinking that they're just jerks. They may not even know they could be in a cyclical pattern that they've been in their whole life. And it might be the bomb moment for them that opens up their heart and their mind. And they go, I don't want to do this anymore. This doesn't feel right. And all of this makes perfect sense to me. So, you know, give your heart. I love it.
One more thing, Mr. EA. Yes. Are you on social? Where can people find you all over the social? All over. Look for Givers University. Uh, You know, we're on uh, LinkedIn, um, you know, on on Facebook. You guys um, on uh, Insta? uh, We're on Instagram. I mean, so uh, feel free. And, uh, you know, I mean, just look at Givers University and you're going to find us there for sure. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I really, really thank you, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I would sure appreciate it if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to share it with someone that you love. Until next time, everyone, remember, you matter.